Hi, I'm Paul Stringflower and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we go native as we talk about native data compliance. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're going to pick up on one of my very favorite topics, and that's the topic of data compliance. Uh, but looking at it slightly differently this week in terms of starting to look at native data compliance. So as we write data into our data platforms, making compliance judgments and decisions right from the very start. And personally, I think this is something that's hugely important as part of a as a modern data strategy. So um, so help to do that. I'm joined by um, two guests, actually, today. Uh, both work for NetApp. Um, I'm joined by Amit Ashbell and uh, Chill Hotberg. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi. How are you, Paul? Hi, Paul. Yeah, yeah I'm very good, guys. Uh, yeah, well, th- well, thanks for joining us on the show today. Um, it's always fun to try and do a show with three people. Uh, so, you know, people need to put their hands up and, and, let, and talk at the right time. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll struggle our way through. Um, but before we make a start, before we kind of pick on our, our topic for today of uh, data compliance, uh, why don't you guys introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. So, uh, Amit, why, why don't you go first? Definitely. Hi, all. So uh, my name is Amit Ashbel. Um, I work for NetApp. I'm uh, responsible for product marketing within the cloud compliance um, or our incubation products, actually, one of them being cloud compliance. Um, I've been with the security industry, the cybersecurity industry, around 20 years, um, both technical and uh, business experience. I'll be happy to talk about data compliance today. Hi, guys. I'm Chill. I'm, uh, so I'm part of uh, the NetApp Cloud Solution Architects team uh, based in Tel Aviv. Uh, as, same as Amit, I have uh, a background of uh, security and fraud <clears throat> and compliance for the past uh, 20 years, <clears throat> both, uh, um, both in um, you know, large organizations and uh, smaller ones like startups. And we'll be happy to share with you uh, thoughts about uh, data compliance today. Okay, well, well, that's good. You've both got a, a, a background in data compliance because this could have been a real short show otherwise. So, um, so, so that's yeah. a good start. Um, well, I mean, we've talked about this idea of compliance first. I'm sure for lots of people listening to the show, they uh, they are familiar with what we mean when we talk about data compliance. But, um, but maybe for those who aren't, or maybe this is something that's kind of a new area for them. Um, mm-hmm. Did you want to set a little bit of the landscape about what we mean about data compliance? Um, kind of, kind of how it looks in the, in the market today from your experience, and and mm-hmm. why it's an important thing that. We should be considering so yeah definitely i'll i'll, I'll start um chill you can pitch in if you feel like it sure. um, so what what's happened in the past few years is actually very interesting uh, i see something like two things that have made a big difference in terms of compliance and why everyone's talking about data compliance or data privacy um the two things that happened, the first one was consumer awareness. So people are now more aware of the worth of their data. So their data is worth money to businesses and their privacy is very important to them. And the second thing that happened was, uh, you know, the, the buzzword that we all know, GDPR, um, and following up on it is the CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act, which have made compliance actually um, a C-level topic um, because it has become a regulation. Privacy has become a regulation and the regulation has become much more strict than in the past. Um, the, the need, the business need has become very, very critical. So 
to add to Amit, I think um, we talk about data compliance and, uh, and that's actually uh, um, specifically, I think we're talking about privacy compliance, um, which is, is something that is a bit new, again, coming to GDPR in May 2018, a little bit before that, then that's something that, that came out uh, very strongly. I think what's very interesting about the GDPR and the privacy regulation, you know, the, the likes of GDPR, is really that there's no uh, real certification. So if you go to other compliance areas like HIPAA or, or PCI or even other security like ISO, you have a lot of consultant uh, firms that can basically give you a certification that you are, uh, com that you are complying with the regulation. However, with GDPR and the likes, uh, you basically don't have any such certification. So, so it's, it's essentially a law. So it basically tells companies if you're not protecting your customers or employees or your users' uh, uh, privacy, then you are basically breaking the law and you're going to have a, a very high fines, <clears throat> uh, which uh, basically creates a lot of uncertainties uh, to those companies on, on how they need to, to act. Yeah, I think that's a. I mean, I think all of those actually are really, really interesting points, and I think that that shift in the way that we're starting to look at data is is hugely important. You know, I think in both points, I think as you, Amit was saying at the start there, the idea that data now we are starting to see the value in that. You know, both as both at an enterprise level, but also at a personal level. You know, we're starting to understand that our data is valuable to us and to other people, and protecting and controlling the privacy of that data is, is hugely important. Um, and I think from a, an organizational point of view, I think it's, it's always been, you know, we've, we've all kind of worked in the, the data industry for some time. And I think sometimes it's, it's been difficult for organizations to see the value of their data, of protecting their data correctly, of securing their data. And I think, as you said, you know, the idea that we've seen a huge shift in regulation has really started to you know, bring this up to a, a board level that people are now starting to ask questions about, is our data secure? Is our, you know, our data is important, that there's, there's value to it, and whether that value is in terms of ensuring that we, we don't fail, you know, we, we don't break some law or, or regulatory restriction and end up with a big fine, or mm -hmm. whether that data is important to us because we inherently see value in, in how it helps us do things as an enterprise. Um, I, I think both of those areas are, are really driving a, a kind of a lot of the way that we're, we're starting to think about data today. And I, I mean, do you, do you guys see the same kind of thing that although I, I know we're focusing on compliance today, but actually a lot of these changes are absolutely changing the conversation that the companies are having when we talk about data, when we talk about things like data strategy, you know, is, there, is that something you're seeing repeated elsewhere? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole, let's call it digitalization or the shift to cloud has changed the way that enterprises work. And the question is, how do we really adapt to the current needs? Um, when we're talking about data, we're no longer talking about, you know, a single location where we store a database, but we've expanded way beyond that. Um, and we're talking about unstructured data. We're talking about structured data. We're talking about huge amounts of data that is created all the time. Um, now, in terms of a policy or, or how to address that, it's no longer just the storage. It's, you know, everything's creating data. Um, storage is just the endpoint where I'm going to put that data. I want to run a lot of services around that data to be able to, to both protect it, to use it, 
to to uh, to 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 do anything or to address it in any way. So if we're looking at data platforms, um, they actually need to you know take one step further and become a data platform and not just a data storage or a data management uh, 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 tool. We're talking about the ability to provide services such as uh, you know um, um, disaster recovery, high availability. All of these are very obvious for us. Um, but then, you know, we jump in, and there's another service now, which is uh, the compliance or the privacy. And there's a bunch of services that have to be kind of um, integrated into that data platform. Um, imagine your, uh, you know, applications that create data on the cloud. How, it would be much easier to have your data platform collect that information and have and provide you that service of. Uh, disaster recovery, privacy, and all of these, rather than having to build that into every every time you uh, build a new application that stores data in the cloud. Okay, how do we now ensure privacy? How do we ensure high availability? How do we do this and that? So these data platforms are becoming a central location for everything. Yeah, I think that's a, a, an interesting choice of phrase as well, data platform. I, it's a phrase that I use use quite a lot when... Um, uh, when talking to businesses about how they start to look at how they utilize their data in future. And, and I want to come back to that because I, I'll come back to the idea of, of how important and, and, and what we mean when we talk about data platform above and beyond just data storage. Um, but before we do that, and, and maybe this is something Jill can pick up on as well, is, you know, we're talking about this kind of compliance problem. We, we talked about that at the beginning and, and what's driving some of that, you know, from uh, end user understanding the importance of privacy to regulatory controls at, at the other end of the scale. Um, how, are, how, from your experience, are you seeing businesses deal with this kind of data compliance challenge today? You know, what, what, are, what are some of the ways they're trying to do it? How effective are those ways? And, and, and you know, at what point do we start to look at some of these kind of broader data platform ideas? So um, I, I don't know who wants to pick that up first. Yeah, but yeah I'll pick it up. Yeah, no worries. So, so uh, that's a good question, and I think uh, um, you know companies today, um, as as you mentioned before, they, they they shift their strategy and they need to to think any any type of data that they deal with, they need to think about how they deal with it, right? So it starts with you know even if you want to pursue new customers today, uh, you can't put your your hand or on a on an email or a phone number of a potential prospect um, <clears throat> if you don't have the consent to do that, right? So, so that's very interesting to begin with. And also, as I mentioned before, if someone asks for the information, you really need to be able to, uh, to get a hold of all the information and tell him what information uh, you may have on him. And that could be uh, easily done by a CRM, but what if the information is not in the CRM? So, so there's a lot of challenges here. Uh, on uh, with with these uh, with these uh, uh, regulations, and um, and I think that um, and the way customers are handling it today, uh, there, there are different types of solutions uh, in the market. A lot of them talks about uh, um, you know documenting the processes. So if I document the process, as I know. Uh, um, you know what information I get, and I document what uh, what type of information and what I do with it and where I store it. 
And that's one thing. But I think one of the challenges, and, and I think that's what we're trying to, uh, uh, to deal with, is the amount of data that is getting uh, bigger. So the amount of data is getting bigger, and you need um, technology to help you cope with the amount of data and, and with the challenges of finding uh, what is private and what is not. So until not long ago, um, what was private was you know simple PIIs like you know credit card number, uh, ID, maybe email address, and these are quite simple uh, PIIs. But but nowadays, uh, a personal information or a PII could be just a piece of information, a piece of text that talks about a, a person that is sick with a specific uh, um, disease. Right, and that's something that uh, a normal regular expression cannot uh, cannot hold. Um, so, so this is part of what the technology, uh, using machine learning and artificial intelligence, can help you do, uh, and help you automate this process. And, and yeah, that could then lead to to fill this information into some of these uh, uh, document uh, documenting systems and, and processes, but 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 you have to have something strong to help you uh, build a, a good um, uh, insights on your data. Yeah, and I think there's, I mean, I think some hugely important points in there, Chill, and, and I suppose one of the things that strikes me with that, and you, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit in, in what you were describing there, was I certainly think one of the problems that I come across that when we talk to organizations about some of these challenges around compliance and data management even, you know, that it, it, even if we kind of step aside from some of the regulatory requirements that, come, that, that, that drive data compliance, it's actually in a lot of cases that organizations just don't know. You know, an enterprise has all of this data, and some they might have in a database or a CRM system, and maybe they can find that. But as you kind of touched on there, it's that amount of unstructured data that people have in file shares on windows servers in cloud repositories and actually that data is just being kind of dumped there or moved there over time and, and organizations just don't know i mean is that is that a challenge that, that you're also seeing or is that is that just the, the people i speak with or you know is that a problem that organizations really just don't know that that, that data exists and, and what it holds and if they find themselves in that situation i mean what are, what are some of the impacts of, of finding themselves there Yes, so definitely you, you, you're correct in, in the challenges that those organizations find themselves with. And, and I think not only that, uh, if you think about it today, uh, especially in the cloud, uh, people that contribute data to the cloud, you know, it's not just the storage admin, it's not just the, uh, the end users writing documents, but, you know, there's a lot of DevOps and engineering teams that builds applications that generates data into the cloud. Uh, all this data is kind of thrown into um, you know, different type of storage, whether it's native or not native. Um, and the storage uh, people and the compliance people have no control whatsoever on what's in there. Um, and I think um, you know, where they find them themselves, they basically find themselves don't, not knowing what data they have. And, you know, I think the, uh, the challenge would be if, a certain uh, regulator will come in and do an inspection and they would they would just don't know what to tell him and so they you know, the regulator will ask what type of data you have uh, in your storage or in, on your cloud and they would just they would just want know they think they know but but they don't really know um, I, I like to compare it to you know my, my laptop my laptop example um, uh, and my laptop example is normally that I know uh, 
probably 20% of the data that I have on my laptop. Uh, the rest is either things that I don't remember that I put, uh, I don't know that I put, and, and also things that I may install a certain uh, application that installed something on my computer and I just don't know what's in it. So that could be a file with certain list of, um, of emails or addresses or anything of that sort. And I don't know what, what is being kept there. Uh, and the same, you know, multiply this problem uh, in thousand, and then you find what a typical organization looks like. Yeah, and I think that's a actually I think that's a really good example because you you know we know how hard it is to find information on your own laptop, but like you said, you know, ex extend that challenge out thousands and thousands of times. Um, you know, and, and actually one of the reasons that I, I was really keen to speak to you guys was that um, I, you, you you two are both involved, and you kind of touched on it in your introduction in um, a really interesting project and products that that NetApp have have kind of released upon the world called Cloud Compliance. And it really caught my attention for a couple of reasons. And one of those is um, something we talked about a little bit earlier, um, is this idea of, of data platform. You know, so you know, so from, from my view of a data platform is that we have to look beyond storage and we need something that gives us more insight, control, security, governance around, around the kind of the data we hold on it. But at the moment, a lot of the time I'm seeing that is that that's done by bolting together multiple applications and nothing wrong with that because that's kind of the the route for many of us that we we still need to go down but what's really interesting about this kind of cloud compliance solution that you guys have introduced is this idea of doing this natively as data is written down to storage so you know i mean what's what's some of the thinking behind doing that and, and can you can tell us a little bit about kind of what this cloud compliance solution is and let's say what were some of the drivers behind netapp starting to try and do this natively inside of um, certainly initially inside of its cloud storage repositories but but maybe there's plans to do to to do wider than that but yeah i'm, I'm kind of interested in what what it does and, and the, the drivers behind it chill mm -hmm. sure, i'll let you take that you're the product guy <clears throat> sure so uh uh, I think the vision, uh, first and foremost, is to give uh, our customers at NetApp uh, a different um, uh, an advantage of uh, having their data and the data they, they store on NetApp cloud storage, uh, NetApp cloud volumes on top, basically, that's the, uh, the storage product. Um, give them the opportunity to understand what data they have, um, as a service and uh, by default. So essentially, any data that they put on cloud volumes on tap, on NetApp cloud volumes on tap, um, can be scanned and they can understand what it is. Uh, and that's, uh, um, that's a basic that we think that in today's world and in, in where you know, compliance going and privacy going, uh, that's where we think each and every NetApp customer in the cloud uh, should be in. Um, the cloud so let, me, let me chill. Let me just stop you there for a second because you, you did mention cloud volumes on tap. I'm sorry to barge in in the uh, middle. That's fine. Um, it, it is important to state that the idea is to be able to provide a service running in the background on any of the cloud, uh, the NetApp cloud volumes. So we started off with CVO cloud volumes on tap. We also support Azure NetApp files, and we now also support S3 as a standalone. But uh, the idea is to have a background process running that analyzes all these difficulties using artificial intelligence um, and detects the data um, that you need to be aware of. Um, so I was just 
important to stress that it's all three, uh, so three different platforms are s- supported at the moment. So, so actually, just before, perhaps just before we carry on, uh, and maybe for people listening, uh, yeah, I appreciate some people may, may be familiar with some of the things that NetApp are doing in terms of cloud storage. But, you know, you've talked about a couple of things there, cloud volumes on tap, cloud volume services. Um, what are those for people who, who are listening to the show and perhaps not familiar with what, what NetApp are doing there? So, so cloud volumes on tap is actually a, a data management platform um, designed for the cloud, which was originally uh, NetApp's classic uh, on tap um, operating system running on premise was shifted to be available on the cloud. It actually provides organizations with all the services that they need in order to run a cloud operation. Um, so whether it's again high availability, um, disaster recovery, distribution of different locations, migrating data from here and there, and on top of all data efficiency, so making all of this uh, efficient, quick, and um, uh, and uh, um, not expensive um, or cheaper than you could get uh, wh- what you would get if you wouldn't be using these products. Um, cloud volumes on tap is one of them. Um, Azure NetApp Files is a different service that is managed on Azure, obviously, but again, a data management platform um, for cloud platforms. And so it's, um, and certainly from my experience, these are uh, storage solutions. So we'll forget the kind of data platform piece for a moment, but these are storage solutions that are the equivalent of NetApp's on-premises enterprise class storage, but just running inside of the public cloud providers, you know, be that AWS, be that Microsoft, be that Google you know, that, that ability to run the, exactly the same uh, enterprise class operate, storage operating system, but from a, a public cloud vendor taken just just purely as a service. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so when, when we're talking about it, and, and I suppose this is the kind of thing that, that's really intrigued me with this this solution. So so what, what you guys have, have started to do, and I, and I think this is really important, is the idea that now you're natively including compliance reporting within this. With so the minute that people start to write data to some of this kind of cloud storage, they are immediately getting some level of insight into the contents of that data, uh, whether it matches some kind of compliance policy that you might have created, um, and, and what the potential impact of holding that data is. Is is that that pretty much the case? Joe, you want to take that, or do you want me to take? Yeah, that? yeah, that, <clears throat> that's exactly the case. And I think uh, you know, if we want to connect it back to your question about uh, data platform, so. Uh, what Amit mentioned is that uh, the, 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 what makes it a platform is, is the use of uh, another NetApp tool, which is Cloud Manager, that basically operates all this. Uh, and by operating all this, we can offer this uh, benefit not just to, to people who store their data on uh, Cloud Volumes on top, but rather uh, expand it to other uh, cloud services that we can uh, scan and analyze the data like um, uh, Amazon S3, uh, like Azure Blob, and you know we are looking to expand it even to uh, um, to services like uh, Office 365 and so on and so forth. So, so essentially enabling um, any of 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 our customers, whether they use uh, a NetApp storage or not, to benefit from uh, this service. Uh, and understand what data they have, and, and make sure they uh, uh, they protect their, their their privacy data of their customers and users. 
So I think I think Paul was uh, also asking, uh, and I'll, I'll refer to that about the the different capabilities that we provide within the different reporting capabilities, um, and there there I would mention two very interesting aspects. First of all, maybe three. First of all, what you see as a user, you'll get a dashboard displaying everything and all the data in your cloud platform and this uh, a high level overview of what's at risk, what's exposing private information, and you can get to that data through drilling down in the dashboard report. Second of all, you can generate a data privacy impact analysis report, which is actually something that the GDPR specifically asks for. So prove to me that you've been managing your data properly. Uh, show me what you've lost, show me what's at risk. And we can generate a report that shows the impact analysis of, of the privacy, the, the, the risk to privacy. A third one and very interesting one, which is a huge challenge for organizations is a data subject access request. A data subject access request is a report that has to be generated by organizations for customers or users who want information, who want to know what data you store about them. So if I call up one of my vendors now and I say, hey guys, I want a list or information about all the data you have about me, that's called a data subject access request. With cloud compliance, you can actually put in the name, let's say I call in and I ask so that the, the, the customer would put in the name Amit Ashbel in the search button on cloud compliance and get an automatic report specifying all the data, what it's used for, where it is that is holding personal information about me, about Amit Ashbel. That's something that organizations usually struggle for days with in order to figure out where all the data is and what data do we have. So that's a very, very valuable um, um, report that can be used by customers of cloud compliance. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's that kind of insight. You know, we, we've touched on this phrase a couple of times of, of data platform, and for me, a, a kind of a core component of of the way that we manage data in kind of the modern enterprise is this level of insight. And, and what I, I think I really like about what kind of you guys are trying to do here is that ability that as that data gets written onto that storage that currently sits in the cloud and, and chill kind of hinted before that we may see that extended out into some other repositories as well. But as that data gets written into the cloud, whether that's onto NetApp's own kind of cloud storage offering or into a natively into a, a, an AWS S3 bucket, that, that we can get that kind of insight straight away that can start to allow us to make decisions on the way that we're using and storing and holding that data and whether we're holding data that we should be, whether we're holding it in the right kind of places. Um, and, and, and are you starting to see already then some of your, you know, have you got some kind of early use cases of, of how people are using this service and, um, you know, what, what they're trying to do with it? Because, I mean, one of the things that jumps out to me is that the possibility that even if you just use this as a temporary service, for example, where you just dropped your data into this kind of cloud comp native cloud compliance bucket, got your initial reports and then just kind of deleted it away at the end. You know, even something like that for me strikes me as a really valuable way of getting some insight into the data you're having. But I mean, what, what are some of the use cases you guys are seeing? So uh, I think it varies. So we have different type of customers. So I would say that the non, uh, the non NetApp uh, uh, storage customers uh, we, we see them coming, so there are customers that they're widely using uh, Amazon S3 and, and they need uh, to comply with uh, GDPR and privacy regulations. 
uh, and there are no, um, they're basically today not using any other services. So they are looking for services that will help them to uh, adjust to the new privacy world. Um, we also see uh, um, our customers at NetApp that use cloud volumes on tap uh, for several reasons. So that could be either uh, application that are generating data to the storage. Uh, and as I said before, you don't know uh, who's generating the data. So you may know the application uh, and there are different type of teams that generate this data. Uh, there could be engineering teams, there could be DevOps teams, there could actually be the, the actual application. So you need to, to have control over that. Um, and also, uh, very interestingly, uh, there are a lot of customers, uh, NetApp customers that are using uh, cloud volumes on tap, and actually not just uh, NetApp customers that are using cloud volumes on tap for uh, backup and, and uh, disaster recovery uh, services. So they're basically replicating their data uh, to NetApp storage in the cloud. And essentially, that's their way to, to test and figure out whether their data is, uh, is vulnerable and whether there's any uh, privacy issues uh, with their data. So, uh, so they're, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's making sure that my data, whether it's my backup data uh, or whether it's my application data, or my file shares, and there's a lot of uh, people who use uh, cloud volumes on tap for file sharing, then uh, making sure that um, it's protected and there are no privacy breaches uh, in the data. Uh, when they see that, and again, it's, it's quite a new service, and when you start seeing that, they're starting to build processes around how to cope with any vulnerabilities. Obviously, um, you know, we try to min minimize these vulnerabilities, and, and the, the, um, the service allows them to to do searches and to investigate uh, the type, the different types of vulnerability and basically decide um, you know, what they want to prioritize and what they want to handle first. Yeah, and I think um, I mean I think what comes across, and and, and again is is what was was really the reason I wanted to speak to you guys because you know th th this kind of insight and compliance insight into the way that we use our data, I think it's hugely important. And actually, what comes across from speaking to you, although we you know we talked about and you, obviously you guys both work for NetApp and uh, you know this is a NetApp service, but actually this is not a service that you have to be a broader NetApp customer for you don't have to be running NetApp storage in your data center you don't ever have to use NetApp in the past you know you can purely take this as kind of a data governance and compliance service put your data in the right repository get the information from it that you need to do the subject access request and potentially always leave your data there it becomes a production or a, a permanent backup data set or maybe it's just even a temporary data set you can temporarily synchronize your data into that that, that, that engine let those kind of compliance reports run, do the discovery, the insight stuff that you need to do, and then just kind of kind of delete it away. Because I think actually while he was describing it, one of the other things that strikes me when you're looking to do kind of these compliance services within the data center is there can be quite a lot of complexity in setting them up. You know, there's maybe quite a lot of resource needed and quite a lot of complexity that, that goes in building all of that. This is basically just a service we can turn on, have a storage repository, put data in it and straight away get data insights. And I think that's a, that's a really important shift for not, not just for NetApp, but I think for kind of the wider industry when it comes to data compliance, you know, we need to, we need to make this stuff straightforward for people. We need to make it things that could be easily consumed and, and information 
information and insights it gathered from. So, so it does strike me as a, a really interesting service. So, so if people listening to the show are as interested and in, and you know and, and find this as uh, fascinating and smarter smarter solution as as I do, uh, what's a good way that they could find out more about cloud compliance and, and what NetApp are doing in this space? So uh, cloud.netapp.com is our platform or our uh, our uh, interface for all NetApp Cloud uh, uh, data services. Under that, we have the cloud compliance product page. Um, has all the information in there. Um, you can actually activate your your compliance uh, analysis directly from that page, um, and uh, you know, and of course, collect additional information, data sheets, whatever you need. Uh, and is this a service that if people wanted to try it out, you know, want to try it out for a couple of weeks, 30 days or something, is, is, that, yeah. is that something they could easily do? So the nice thing is that for NetApp customers, it's free. So CVO customers, ANF customers, it's free. For S3 customers, we provide a 30-day trial, a 30-day free trial, and then it's a pay-per-use kind of format. Yeah, and I think that's actually important to mention, and we did kind of t- touch on this earlier on, that actually if you're using those NetApp services already in the cloud, this is a service that just exists. You turn it on, there's no additional costs. It's a, it's just a native service. You turn it on and straight away it's going to be kind of reporting on, on your data. It's, uh, that's, that's correct, isn't it? Yep. So, um, well, well, look, guys, I, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, I'll make sure that kind of stuff goes in the show notes so people know where to kind of find this and find out a little bit more. Um, if people have enjoyed what you've had to say and, and kind of want to come and hunt you down uh, on the internet or online somewhere, is there a way they can do that? Twitter, blogs, email addresses, uh, any kind of random information you're prepared to share? So, yeah, definitely. Um, my uh, LinkedIn is available. I meet Ashbel. I don't think there's many of us on there. Um, and uh, my email is amit.ashbell at netapp.com. Chill, if they want to come and find you. Yeah, sure. So uh, first, uh, uh, I think the, the, the very first uh, address is uh, cloud.netapp.com. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, we have an intercom uh, uh, chat session, so they can approach from there or from the uh, cloud manager application. Uh, they can also uh, address me directly to... Uh, 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 Chilik, at netup.com, or as Amit said, find me in uh, LinkedIn. Um, there's there, there, there isn't many uh, of me uh, like me there as well, so uh, um, be happy to catch up and and all. Well, guys, look, I, I appreciate your time. I, I do think what kind of NetApp are trying to do with cloud compliance is a, is really is something that perhaps we should be looking at across the industry. This kind of native and simple, you know, just built into kind of our, our data platforms, built inside of our storage, the ability to get this kind of compliance and, and governance information. So um, so thanks for sharing what NetApp are doing in that space. Appreciate your time and, uh, and spending some time to kind of put that in the context of the, the general compliance conversation. So um, so guys, look, really enjoyed that you spend some time with us. Uh, thanks for being on the show. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Paul. It was my pleasure, Thank our you, pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. If you have an idea for a show or would like to appear as a guest, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. And to catch the next episode, then why not subscribe? You can find us in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. So, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>